When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we tried to tank that the last three minutes. It didn't work. I kept on saying kick it the other way and play equalised game. But, no, nah, look, it was um, credit to the players. They were really disappointed last week. So to respond the way they did, it's been a heavy couple of weeks and, yeah, really proud of the players. West Coast coach Adam Simpson couldn't resist a shot back at the critics after their magnificent win over the Western Bulldogs yesterday. It was a tumultuous weekend of footy. The Eagles started the weekend with the number one draft pick and their coach's head on the block. The Bulldogs finished the weekend probably struggling to make the eight and probably with their coach's head on the block. Of course, we're going to talk to Eliza Riley now from Code Sports about her take on the weekend's matches, both the West Coast Eagles and the Fremantle Dockers, who she covered for Code Sports at Optus Stadium in their loss to Port Adelaide yesterday. Eliza, welcome. Good morning, Duff. Big weekend of footy, Eliza. Yeah, there's shocks and twists and turns. Don't stop. Even in round 23 of the season, we're still seeing some pretty interesting results and, like you said, some results with big consequences. So what did you make of the Eagles' win over the Bulldogs? Fair to say you didn't see it coming? I think that's very fair to say, <laughs> Duff. Um, and especially when you sort of saw them go, you know, sort of two or three goals down in that third quarter, you sort of thought, oh, you know, even though they've been in this game, it's probably probably over, isn't it? Like, you've probably backed the Bulldogs to run over them now um, and considering just the the final aspirations that the Bulldogs had, that they'd have all the motivation in the world to get it done. But the Eagles came from nowhere and dragged themselves off the bottom of the ladder. Jamie Critch was excellent with five goals. The senior players as well, like your Tim Kelly, Jeremy McGovern was fantastic in that back line and his act to go back with the flight of the footy could have ended his day, but he got back out there and had a massive say as well. It did. It was the senior players that stood up for Simo, really, wasn't it? If you look at the probably the best six out there, they were all the guys, apart from Oscar Allen, who obviously was just coming on the scene when they won the 2018 flag. But this was the, the 2018 flag players standing up to be counted for their coach. Yeah, definitely, which is a fair bit, I think, when those guys stand up after the week the club has had and when those players play well, the Eagles tend to win games or get very close to doing so, um, you know, People like Jack Darling, he's had a bit of an indifferent season, but he kicked two goals. McGovern, we spoke about, Gaff had 23 touches. It was those core players who were around five years ago that put their hands up and probably spoke with their actions about what they think of Adam Simpson's coaching. Of course, um, Tim Kelly was the dominant player in the first quarter when West Coast split the game open and, and put the scoreboard pressure on the Western Bulldogs. If you're an All-Australian selector, Eliza, is Tim Kelly in your All-Australian squad? Uh, at this point, no. I'd have to say no just because the Eagles, even though he's he stuck out like a sore thumb a little bit in West Coast team this year, he's been the one who's probably been the most consistent player 
he has had a few quiet games in those really big losses the Eagles have suffered. And just the sort of, I guess, state of West Coast team this year, um, I don't think, even though his body of work has been pretty good, that it stacks up against some of the better midfielders in the competition who you can argue have um, a greater influence in wins, which you can't make a case for Tim Kelly because they've only had some three. You know what, I'd have him in the squad, but probably not in the team. I, I think he's had a good enough season. I, re- I think he wins their best and fairest by so far, they might as well not even hold a count. Maybe just um, um, take Tim out to dinner and, and, and let the rest go to the pub, I think. That probably would be the, um, the, the, the way to do it that would most fairly reflect the gap between his season and the rest of the team season. But, um, yeah, I reckon he's done enough to be in the squad. And then I think all the points you make are valid in terms of him making the final team. Jamie Cripps is an underrated forward, isn't he? Like, he came through in the clutch, really, for Simpson yesterday. Yeah, certainly he's been underrated for most of his career. Um, you know, never really got the accolades or the the highlights some other players do, but five goals is massive from him to to stand up under that sort of pressure. He also won four clearances, so he got busy sort of around the ground in the stoppages for West Coast and really drove them forward and had over 400 metres gained and some 30 pressure acts. So he wasn't just doing all the fun stuff in front of goal. He was doing all the gritty two-way running that we've known from him, the tackling, the pressure, and he got rewarded um, in front of the big sticks. So a really complete performance, and you expect him to feature pretty highly in the coaches' votes as well. So... The game at Optus Stadium, Fremantle were in the game. Um, I read your analysis for Code Sports. I think you were spot on. They looked tired, and it was skill execution that got them in the end. The Port were just cleaner and more damaging with their use of the footy. Yeah, I think that's the tale of the Dockers' um, afternoon yesterday. The Port Adelaide just had that extra edge and probably a bit more class ahead of the ball, were able to convert their opportunities a lot better than Fremantle were, which you look at the inside 50s, and Freo had six more. The count finished 46 to 40, um, yet Freo just made the wrong decisions going inside 50, didn't quite go for the right option, um, shallow entries, just you know, poor skill execution and decision-making. And that's what probably cost them. It felt a bit like the Brisbane game at Optus Stadium a few weeks ago where the Dockers well and truly had enough opportunities to score and win the game, but they just didn't have the class to do so. So what does that mean for what Justin Longmuir has to do over the break between seasons then, Eliza? If you could fix one thing at Freo... And obviously, it's not easy to fix skill execution. What would it be? Do they need to introduce somebody that adds something to that mix, or do they just need to work harder at it? I think it has to be for Fremantle that connection going inside 50. It's been a problem for the Dockers all season. You think we were writing about it in round one and two when they had those losses to St Kilda and North Melbourne, and it's still a problem at this stage. And you know, you're going to get that with a young forward line um, and a young midfield as well, just finding that sort of cohesion and chemistry given they haven't played a whole heap of games together and the Dockers have introduced a few new players to their forward line mix this year with the likes of, you know, Jayamis playing pretty much every game and um, Sam Sturt coming into the team late in the season. 
it's going to take a bit of time, but that's probably going to be the big focus over summer because fundamentally um, you need to be scoring goals to win games of football. And the Dockers, as we've spoken about, just seem to be slightly off when it comes to that decision-making inside 50. They're going long when the long ball's not on and the other team is set up behind the ball or not going along when there's an outnumber and a mismatch. It's just those sort of um, finer things and recognising the game situation, which I think is going to be the big fix for Freo over summer. Two young midfields, two of the AFL's better young midfields went head-to-head yesterday. Obviously, it was Horn Francis and Butters and Rosie representing Port Adelaide. And, of course, Sarong, Brayshaw and Young, who's been shifted into midfield for Freo. Thought Port got the points and they got them because of the reasons you outlined earlier in the interview and in your Code Sports um, piece that basically they were just cleaner and did more damage. Yeah, and someone like Jason Horn Francis, um, you know, we know <laughs> the sort of two years he's been through requesting a trade, getting out of North Melbourne and now sort of thriving at his new club back home in South Australia. But He only had 14 touches, but it felt like at stages he was one of the best players on the ground uh, just because each touch had sort of maximum weight. Like he sort of ripped the ball out of midair at one point and then forward 50 and kicked a goal. His pure power and speed um, really worried the Dockers around that midfield. And he's someone I'm really excited to see in a finals environment. Um, And then, you know, Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, they're both amazing players and they bring the sort of class differential as well um, and you know you throw in a Brownlow medalist in Ollie Wines and it's a fairly complete midfield Liam Henry staying very silent on his future and his contract and certainly an interview he did uh, for Yokoi footy last week certainly didn't shed any light on it unless you take silence as uh, as shedding light on it what's your take do you think he's going I think that's got to be more likely than not at this stage that he's going. Um, obviously, you know, hasn't re-signed at this point of the season and when players do that, it generally indicates that they are exploring their options at the very least or if not already decided and committed to exploring a future elsewhere in the league. So, you know, he's still obviously giving his all on field, had the 31 touches yesterday, his efficiency was pretty down low, turned a few of those over and probably didn't quite have the damage he has had in previous games when he's had those sort of numbers. But you tend to think that he's on the way out and I believe he's spoken to a few friends around his sort of inner circle about exploring a movie. So it sounds like he's going to be the one of the guys who's um, looking at his options at the end of the season. So, Eliza, Fremantle have been good enough to beat Sydney in Sydney, Geelong in Geelong and Melbourne at the MCG, and they've only won five of 12 at home, and those five include two wins over West Coast, and we know what sort of West Coast, what sort of season West Coast have had. Um, the seven losses include a loss to North Melbourne, and we know what sort of season North Melbourne have had. How do Fremantle fix what they're doing at their home ground and how do you explain those two things their ability to beat good teams away and not beat mediocre teams at home yeah it's a really interesting point and obviously it's it's probably really frustrating for Fremantle fans because you want to make your home ground your fortress and make that the sort of team the ground that teams fear coming to if you're an interstate team but 
Justin Longmuir spoke about it post-game and sort of said that their execution for the centre hasn't been up to scratch and they need to go and also work on their team defence in the off-season because they haven't been able to defend the front half as well as other grounds in the state. Which is sort of an interesting point because, you know, you look at that win in Geelong and the Dockers did so well because it is a skinny ground and a bit smaller and the Dockers were able to press up on the Cats and defend it um, a lot better, whereas on grounds like Optus, there's a bit more space and against better teams, you only have to really get a few little things wrong and they're at the halfway mark. So when you look at sort of a point like that, it's you're sort of thinking, well, why haven't the Dockers created a team defence that suits them at Optus Stadium where they play, you know, half of their games each year and can chalk up some pretty easy wins. So it's just that going to be that defence and I guess playing really good offensive teams at Optus Stadium as well, um, that hasn't helped them in the back half of the season. AFLW, you covered the the two practice matches at the weekend, West Coast versus Essendon and Fremantle versus Collingwood. Tell us what you saw and what you expect from the WA teams off the back of what you saw. Starting with the Dockers, um, obviously got the one-point win over Collingwood on Saturday. It was a bit of a... um, thriller, even though it was a pre-season game Collingwood applied a lot of heat on the Dockers and a lot of pressure as the game went on, but the Dockers were able to get up by that one point despite the Magpies having a shot very late in the game to level it or go ahead, so good to get that win and get your sort of confidence building up in the pre-season the Dockers, Hayley Miller looks to be back to her All-Australian form, kicking two goals and playing a big part in the sort of midfield and the Dockers put a lot of sort of speed on the ball. Their skills were probably a little bit off and that's something they need to finesse over the next few weeks when they are under pressure. But there are some good signs that the Dockers can get back into finals contention this year. But obviously it all kicks off with the Derby in round one and West Coast yesterday defeated Essendon by nine points. They keep the first three goals of the game in the first quarter, then Essendon replied and did the exact same thing to them in the second quarter. But then the Eagles, young team we know, had the legs in the last um, term and ran over the Bombers. So some good signs for both our WA teams getting wins on the weekend, but um, it's going to be a fascinating derby in round one. So give me a name of one young player from each team, from West Coast and Fremantle, you think we should be keeping an eye on. Starting with the Dockers, I think Dana East is one to watch this season. Um, She's obviously been around the Dockers um, for a few years now, but by all reports this pre-season she's taking her midfield craft to another level and she's able to have an impact forward up well. Um, They call her the mini sort of Kiara Bowers because she's almost a little replica of Turbo and her tackling pressure and her midfield craft, which is not a bad comparison to earn so early in your career. So Dane is definitely one to watch at Fremantle. And West Coast, the name we're familiar with but just hasn't had a clean run of it in Sinead Davidson. Um, she's had a really injury-interrupted career so far. She's only played the nine games. She missed the entirety of last season with an ACL injury. And she's come back, usually plays as a forward or has done so early in her career. But she's now pushing for a spot on that wing. And yesterday against Essendon, she was really dangerous, sort of holding her space really well. There was one point she flew into a contest with no regard for her personal safety in the last quarter. 
And she had some really nice clean touches out on that wing. So I'm excited to see what she can do with a clean run at it. Eliza, always a pleasure to talk to you. You can read Eliza's stuff on Code Sports. Look forward to uh, seeing and hearing and reading more of you as the season goes on. Thanks, Doc. Eliza Riley from Code Sports, great young sports writer. We'll take a break, and after the break, we'll be back to talk about the Women's World Cup.